This is a Think Live Be production. talking about um visionaries in real estate well we're talking about vision in real estate and like as a business owner having a vision what that means and all that but then we also kind of like started to get into visionaries and people who can sort of see the future it feels like sometimes and sort of predict what is going to be necessary or what what is useful and then capitalizing on that which is sort of, I mean, that's having vision and then planning your business around it. Like what comes to mind are some of the recent things that we've been dealing with, like um, companies like Open Door, like they had a vision for the future of real estate saying, you know, that people would, um, they didn't need an agent to go open the door, that they could set up a system in which people could go schedule their own showing and then go to the house without an agent being present. Now, they had to like kind of shift that around after COVID and stuff. So it's not quite the same. Um, and then also the vision of selling with without an agent on the listing side. The, they, they envisioned a future in which that was possible and then put a company plan together and are doing nothing. All right. Yeah. Wild. Well, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know a lot about this kind of stuff, but that sounds a little bit different, like a visionary person is seeing what the trends are and then tweaks their already existing business into Oh, well, I don't think well, well, I don't think well, that's true. You don't have to have an existing well, business. Here's here's what I here's what, what I was getting at. What okay. I was getting at is I think it's immediately disagreeing with well, you. Well, no, I'm not I'm yeah, <laughs> I I something like Open Door saw an opportunity and where there was something missing and to and disrupted the natural f- organic uh, way that things that things the real estate industry runs right so they they they're like a disruptor and they filled a hole that existed with consumers right whereas a, a visionary person <laughs> we're a visionary i i think what you there i guess maybe a, may, i don't know like i said i don't know a lot about all of this stuff i just those sound like very different things like the, uh, the visionary pers- that you're thinking of is like a founder founder and force multiplier well i think like, but looking you guys, at the analytics and the data and then deciding if kind of yeah it needs to be altered these can be the, the same are they the same thing like okay. there are visionaries in all kinds of fields like the what's the first person that comes to mind when you think of a visionary Gary Keller. Okay. Steve Jobs. Outside of real estate. The cake boss guy. Cake boss. <laughs> cake boss. Why did that come to your mind? you think of the vision of the cake and then you got to put it together. And that, I don't know why. Is, I haven't seen that, that show in a long time. That is insane. Um, Steve Jobs. Okay. Who else? Uh, Elon Musk. Right. Okay. So people who are thinking way into the future about what is going to like, what is life going to be like? And then they're, but they're building businesses around that. Mm -hmm. So that's the same thing I think in real estate, like whether you like open door or not, they were thinking about a future in which an agent didn't, wasn't needed Mm -hmm. and then built a company around it. Jeff Bezos and Amazon Mm -hmm. shopping online. 
So all of these people are monsters that we're mentioning. <laughs> They're all monsters. They so, um, including Cake Boss. <laughs> cake Boss. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so distracted by this Cake Boss thing. Cake Boss. Maybe because I ate the cookie. I don't know. Um. So, anyways, but yes, like in our field. people that come to mind are like Gary Keller because people would say like if you know the history of Keller Williams and him thinking about cloud-based real estate and kind of changing the company from a a real estate brokerage to a technology company seeing that the future is continuing to go towards that direction you sometimes think does he know does he really know what's going to happen because it sometimes feels like he must back to the future <laughs> he's, he's got he like it. the almanac and uh has it open and stuff but i mean that's what that's what being a visionary is and on a smaller scale so like we're not elon musk but on a smaller scale you can take take that idea and think about how to apply it to your business as well you know what i mean scaling up well, like, well, so I'm just thinking of some other examples of like visionaries in real estate or or people who are envisioning the future. So, for example, like Matterport. OK, and I don't think Matterport has taken off as much as it could have, but they saw a, a future in which you didn't have to go look at houses to buy them in person. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could just go do a virtual tour. Yeah. And they're created- kind of I, th- I think they're. um their their idea is not quite the technology hasn't caught up to their idea yet there's still that that mobile giant mobile phone that people are carrying around in a briefcase yeah Mm -hmm. it's like the technology is sort of there but not really can i I tell you something real quick so i was reading um i just finished the 22 immutable laws of marketing um and then i handed it to pat and said i want you to read this um (laughs) and I can't believe I haven't read that book before, but it's just been sitting on a shelf. And so I finally finished reading it and um, they were talking about it's. It was written in like 1993. OK, so you have to kind of like put yourself in a different time and place before Kayla, before Kayla was hey, born. I was born in 93, <laughs> so I was probably here. Oh, my God. That just makes me sad. <laughs> so how, how do you think I feel? <laughs> so pre Kayla, there was a book that was written and one of the sections was talking about video phone. And how like people have been trying to get that thing off the ground oh, forever, forever, and, forever, and and they said nobody wants to put on clothes to get on the phone, <laughs> and then now here we are, right? Because it didn't take the place of the phone call; it took the place of the in person meeting, right? Different thing, totally. But I guess my my point being that sometimes people are a little bit ahead of their time, yeah. and so it doesn't click. So mm-hmm. you can see a future so far in advance that it doesn't actually help you in business today. It's, it's like when. For this is a when I was um younger in the uh mid nineties, mid to late nineties, my friends and I opened up a bar and we didn't serve Budweiser and all we had were uh what were called micro brews <laughs> and imported beers and and that and that was it. And right. we had we had fifty or sixty we had like ten draft beers uh-huh. and we had like eighty beers in a bottle. And uh we were a weird little bar that college kids were afraid to come into but we were and we didn't make any money and because we were 15 years ahead of the craft beer movement yep. yes yep. now and now it's like if you go into a bar and they only have 12 beers on draft it's like what's wrong with this place right <laughs> but back then it was like that was a huge deal 
well, Pat is notorious for having ideas. And then like a few years later, it's like, I thought of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just never haven't been able to harness it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that I guess is the other problem is like you either, if, if you have the ability to sort of see what, what the trends are and what the direction of things are going, but you don't have the power and resources to do anything about it, a.k.a. Pat Batika, <laughs> <laughs> um, then it doesn't matter. Right. And and you're just the guy that's like, I thought of that. <laughs> um, or if you do have the power and resources, but you're so ahead of your time, then that could also fail. The shark tank. So like, but so, like think about, the, the companies that exist in our industry, like um, like Matterport, like like I was saying, they haven't completely taken off because I think I think you're right, Pat, like th- the technology is there. And I think COVID kind of jump started the movement that you don't have to see things in person. Like we definitely have done more video tours and having people um, look at houses without physically going into them. Mm. But I feel like they still always want to come see it. Like I'm trying to think if we yeah sold. you want you want to be able to kick the tires it's a it's like I, you can't see the dry rot in the corners you can't feel the feel of the house you can't smell the house there's going to be things that just in our lifetimes you're just when it comes to that kind of stuff it's not gonna but like we always say like when we're always looking for a solution to to something we never look for anything that's going to solve a hundred percent of the problem and the same with something like Matterport. You get a few more years down the road. People get a little bit more accustomed to virtual reality. Those masks get smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting 40% of the people where that's okay. And maybe they're they're buying a house that you're buying a house in, you know, on another people buying houses on other continents or, you know, different states or anything. I I could see that working. Or... a different planet. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> but hey, okay. I was thinking about this because I knew, you know, we were going to talk about um, this kind of stuff. I mean, realistically, maybe not in our lifetime, but that is something that is a possibility. Sure. Of course. I, I think when, when you're talking about that type of technology that exists, then yes, then you will be. Then in you're a, being it's, beamed up. It's, well, it's not going to be. Little bits and pieces. Up. No, no beaming. <laughs> I don't think you'll have, I don't think that's possible, but the, uh, you'll, the virtual reality is so good now. It's just kind of clunky. Right. And so just like with those phones, they got smaller and stronger and better. The more people that wanted them, they, the more money was invested in that technology. And then, so I think when it comes to Matterport, or something, a technology like that, until it can, that technology is being used for something larger than showing the insides of houses, that technology will stay kind of where it is or, and improve slowly. But once that gets, once that technology can be used for many things, then there'll be more money invested. Things will, it will happen a lot faster. Like phones, for example, um, once at once everyone got it around their head that they can carry a phone around with them all the time, the technology went through the roof, mm-hmm. right? Really, really fast. Well, so the the same with this with Matterport technology. Until somebody figures out how are we going to use this technology so that everybody can use it, not just somebody looking to buy a home, whatever the 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 the, the skeleton is of of that tech. Museums. 
that's a that's a yeah, that's sense. that's a good example but yeah that's or or rock concerts or mm-hmm. you know there's lot there's lots of ways to kind of put yourselves and then all of that's virtual reality and and then that technology gets better it gets smaller it gets easier to use it's more affordable and then real technology can kind of come from that and uses right yeah. same same as like video cameras and video tours and all of those things way way more difficult quite a few years ago now well, and let me tell you something if somebody's coming up with a better way to do a video tour um that would be a smart business i think to to do yeah. because facetime does, doesn't work yeah <laughs> it's like holding the phone and like flipping it around and it, it just it does not a good look like I've done enough of those this year that, or I guess that was last year. Yeah, I think I still blend those two from things. Together. Speaking as somebody who who does video tours, who does that kind of thing, takes photos and does that for real estate, that technology is too far out because there's too much user error that can exist to actually have anything good. And even with the technology, look look at how good. Like Kayla's got a brand new iPhone and you t- go and take photos and you can take some really great photos with it. Mm-hmm. But the photos are only as good as the person taking the photos because Catherine and I were on oh, MLS died. yesterday looking at, at houses and we were like, who took these photos? Everyone's got a, a brand new iPhone. These things look terrible. You know what I was just thinking? So that's going to continue. <laughs> okay. I have I haven't bought a new phone in a while. <laughs> I was just realizing that the the FaceTime capability oh, why it wasn't working because you probably because your phone's my from phone. 2014. <laughs> yeah, I got a problem with paying a thousand dollars for phone. That's going to be outdated. My tomorrow. camera is worth it. I love my camera. I have fourteen thousand photos. She doesn't. On it. She doesn't need a camera because she's got me. That's true. I've got. I've got, got all. Real the, I've got all the cameras. Yeah. So, anyways, that's just a. Catherine Quirk Um, but so but just thinking about like being able to look into the future of things if you take a moment and like go back in time to when Zillow kind of came around why was Zillow so popular because they saw a future where people wanted immediate access to information and they were able to provide that into right. the real estate world. Because the, the, Whether you love them, hate them, don't care the about them, whatever. The technology already existed, right? There was MLS and all the information was there. So it wasn't but, like... But consumers wanted it. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. So they weren't taking... They didn't create any new way to... to They, they just took something that other people had done funneled it into accessibility yeah and then and then we knew that that technology existed because there already was one it was for agents and it was called mls they just made it for the consumer right right well and so if you actually i i looked at their vision because like what's a vision statement it's what you imagine what you want others to think of you in the future future tense and so their vision statement is giving people power and knowledge to be more informed so they envisioned this this platform to be a place where people could get all this information. And then they were like, how will we fund this? We'll just rip off agents. I'm sorry, just kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But like, but whatever, again, like whether you hate Zillow or like them, don't care, whatever, the reality is, is that they saw um, cons- what consumers were looking for and what the technology existed to provide to them and they put a platform together to to put that all in one place mm-hmm. and that is what consumers want like they want to be able Obviously. to pull up their phone and get everything immediately yeah 
And the more and more that that happens, the more you have to think about as a, a on for your vision, like how do you provide that experience to consumers? Because that's what they're looking for. Right. Or do you, or is that is that going to be your approach? Or do you go in the opposite direction? Well, and then I guess this is like on a smaller scale where I think about looking for trends and stuff. Like maybe your consumer doesn't have a phone or a smartphone and doesn't do that. Like there is a growing population of baby boomers. And so like on a small scale, a trend, if you work in a market where there's a lot of baby boomers and they might be selling their homes now um, and going into retirement homes, then your approach might be a little bit different than if you lived in Brooklyn. Right. Right. Um, so just like you're, you're really like on a small scale, you don't need to be Elon Musk to, to be a visionary. You just have to sit down and think about the trends in your market and what are the people that you're working with and the target that you're working on is what they're looking for. Right. And how can you make that you know, work for your business and make their experience what they're looking for? Question mark. And how do you I like went up? <laughs> right? <laughs> Is that how business works? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then there's also like there's visionaries in real estate that also are more like agent focused. Like, well, like Ben Kenny, for example, has. <laughs> Did you say love him? Yeah. <laughs> um. Like they've created this um, thing. I'm not even 100% sure what it is, Um, but no, it's basically like this unbranded. It's not associated. We'll call it agnostic um, company that is trying to streamline the process for teams and and, uh, like other real estate teams across the country. So you like partner up with them and their, their business, and then they help streamline the process for the agent. So is it like a, like an unbranded franchise? Essentially, yes. I think that is what it is. So you're buying all of, like if you're a franchise for McDonald's. Well, McDonald's is a is a chain, but uh, you know, like uh, Quiznos or something. Well, Qu- I they guess su- I they supply you with the ovens and all of the stuff, but and say this is how you do it, and this is what your food cost should be, and blah blah blah, and everything else, and then yeah, so they send you send you on your it. way. But instead of having the big Quiznos sign on it, it in this particular case, I guess it's there's nothing. It's unbranded. So you Well, can there just, is a brand, but it's not it's associated with you can a make real it. estate company. Correct. I guess that's what okay. And so but what the, I to me and I don't know what the thinking was behind it except for like let's make the biggest real estate company in the world and Well you give <laughs> um, give a lot away and people come to you. But I don't know exactly what the the vision behind that was except to um as we we're, as you deal with this, like this industry every day, like it is complicated. I'm, I'm not saying it's hard or difficult, but like there's just a lot of stuff. And like as a business owner trying to run a team, it's like exhausting. <laughs> and so what they they know that and they know the difficulties that exist. And so they're like, well, let's create, um, you know, something in our vision is to help agents streamline their businesses. So it, it doesn't have to be like to the consumer either. It can be a business to business kind of vision for the future. And then I think even with like, aside from, from that, I've just noticed, and this is what I've always kind of thought about too, is like, what's the one vision that most, probably most agents. And if you own, if you're the, um, 
the owner of the business or a single agent or whatever, what's the one thing that you kind of are working towards every day? Retiring? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Not no. Working. No. No, you're you're trying to like make it a better system. Oh yeah. Because because it's all it's, about time. Well, and, and not just that. I just mean like you're trying to make a better experience because oh, there's like too many people involved and there's too much going on and like you're just trying to if you if you want to succeed in real estate, you're trying to figure out how to make it more streamlined. And so your vision for your own company could just be simply like how to, um, you know, how to create a business in which um, the consumer, you know, has one point of contact throughout the whole process. And I only work, you know, five days a week. It, like it could be like simply building a business for yourself that gives you f- freedom. Like it doesn't have to be I'm changing the world. Right. <laughs> like yeah. kind of mentality. Of course. Yeah. Um, that's just when we talk about visionaries is like it starts to come up with like I'm gonna take a rocket to the moon. <laughs> it's like wait, I'm not the moon. I guess we're going to Mars now. Yeah. But you get what I mean. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I do. I I mean it makes perfect sense. And and, and I guess I guess when you're trying to apply this in a real world scenario, whether you're a, a first year, third year, or fifteenth year agent, is to what you're saying is, don't live in a bubble. Don't live in a bubble. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, don't. You should always be looking three streets ahead, rather than um, just kind of doing. You look up one day and the whole biz, the whole business has changed around you. Oh, I just thought of another, like I kind of a, I, I think of, I don't want to call this person a visionary, but whoever came up with Redfin was somebody who was thinking about what consumers want and set up a, a basically a real estate brokerage that fulfilled that desire to where buyers just want to go and look at houses, right? So you can go on Redfin and say, I want to schedule a showing at 2 p.m. and some Redfin agent is going to come open the door for you. Right. And we can disagree with that as a principle of like, well, they're not representing them and blah, 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 whatever. But the point is that that's what consumers wanted. And that guy, whoever created Redfin, saw that as a, a gap and a need and said, you know how we can do this. We can just pay people a salary or hourly or whatever and have them go open doors. And some of those are bound to turn into sales. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do some math and say, I can make a business out of this. So, and then power it with a, a, a strong website. And of course, then you have to have the resources to advertise what the thing is or nobody will know about it and then it wouldn't work. Yeah. You got to flood the market with, with ads. Yeah. So if you're trying to do something, different and unique and, and you have in like in that particular case you're not there is no overhead you don't have brick and mortar and you don't have items that need to be built in a factory in china or whatever so the only money that really needs to be spent is on the design of a good website and ads and, and ads people. yeah 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 but so that's why you have to say like okay as a an agent listening to this podcast how can I create a vision for the future? What is my vision and 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 how to do that? And I think that there's some, there's like a tool that comes to mind from school that I, we had to do like in business school, but I've done it before, like when I, before I knew about the MREA book mm-hmm. and before I knew about the, like the business plan that kind of comes along with that book, which is the four models, 
um, I would do a SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis. <laughs> and, Pat, do you know what that? I forget. I feel like I'm, I, I know. I've but told you about it, yes. and you like zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, whatever, just go sell some houses. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are nice charts that you that you made that you sat for hours and hours making charts. It's not charts. I know. I'm just I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay, a SWOT analysis is um, it's your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and so. Strengths are obviously like what you're doing well. Weaknesses are areas that you, you know, you have weaknesses in and that you should improve upon. And then opportunities, that's about the trends in the market. Like what what are areas of opportunity? Like I mentioned, if you work in an area where there's a lot of reti- people retiring, well, then there could, that's an, an opportunity. Um, if there was, I'm trying to think of another one. This is kind of random, but if you knew that there was like, oh, we were talking about this not that long ago. You know how Zillow was in the eye buying business? Right. And then they- And we said, say, while change. they were doing it, we said, that's not going to last because well, the market's going to shift. <laughs> and then what are they going to do? But before that even happened, well, yeah, they but got out. They got out of the business, right? And so one might ask like, well, they've been visionaries of real estate Wait, before. Why did they why do that? Did they do that? Well, what, do, what are they seeing? What do, what do they know that- Yeah. Yeah. But that's actually not where I'm going with this. Um, but that is a but, good question keep, to ask keep, yourself. Yeah, keep that in your head, though, guys. <laughs> because they right? do have like powerful resources, right? So They've, if they're getting yeah. out of that, why? They didn't just decide one day, eh, let's not do this. They were doing risk analysis and SWOT analysis. <laughs> and, deci- and did a lot of math and said, we better get out of this I buy thing. Well, and it might why just did, be. Why did they do it? And it might if just be. If it was be making because- them a bunch of money. And it, and it, they saw tons of opportunity. They wouldn't have left. Well, so. so where I was going with that, though, sorry, was that I believe it's Arizona, and I might be wrong, but I think it was Arizona where they actually were like dump, like basically getting out of their contracts too on the houses that they had already said they were buying. Right. So it wasn't just a um, we're going to stop going forward. It was they like with, they were they trying, withdrawing. They were withdrawing, and I don't know how that all played out. Like maybe they can't. Maybe there's a lawsuit. I don't know. Um, but, but the point is, is if, if you saw something like that happening, well, that's an opportunity in that market in Arizona where they're pulling out, right? Because now all of a sudden, all of those people need to list their properties. Right. They thought they were selling those homes. Right. So looking for areas of opportunity like that is, is something. If you notice that there's a lot of people receiving Liz pendants, and you can find that in your public record. That would be that there's a lot of people getting foreclosure notices. Well, that might mean that like something is coming there. And um, so things like that, looking for those pockets of opportunity that are happening. It's like when when the market was starting to crash and people were noticing, damn, there's a lot more foreclosures. Oh, bam. I'm seeing these bank owns starting to pop up. Some agents made a fortune by looking and see, noticing that ahead of time and then getting in with banks and stuff like that to sell those bank owned properties, you know, and already had to establish their foothold mm-hmm. with those and those relationships to do just that and, and made serious money over the, over that, those five years. Well, and then, and then there's that. like, like if there's a big business that is hiring a bunch of people, like 
well, the people need houses. Are they professional jobs where they're most definitely going to be people that are buying houses for their families? Well, then that's an area of opportunity too. So like looking for those things. And then the threats can be anything. Like threats could be, are the interest rates going up this year? That could change the market. Um, Threats could be competition, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. So like if you draw that out though and like force yourself to think about what's going on around you, it, I think that can help you create um, a vision. And I don't mean necessarily your, your like, like what we talked about the last episode, but what is a, what is something that you can focus on and kind of get ahead of a trend and right. be a visionary like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Visionary of opportunity. Visionary of opportunity. That's what I want to be. Okay. You want to take a break? Okay. All right. Let's take a break. And we're back. So let's do a SWOT analysis. Well, okay. I think, did you actually explain what that was? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you said like the first couple letters and that was it. Sometimes I forget to explain what people are even listening to. Yeah. But I feel like if you are listening at this point. No, we get new listeners every week. (laughs) Every week. Every week. It's somebody's first episode. Okay. Well, welcome to 2022, by the way. Mm -hmm. We're in a new year. This is our podcast. We created this. We're, we're, I think this is like two years. I think this might be, yeah, I think this might be our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary, guys. two years. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. You see how sentimental I am? I didn't even bother looking it up. (laughs) You just remembered? Well, I remember we kind of started, I think our first episode was the first. First week of January 2020. I think so. Well, so I guess, yeah, happy anniversary, you guys. Um, it doesn't feel like, I, I know I mentioned this, it does not feel like it has been two years. That's mm-hmm. crazy, crazy pants. Um, feels, but it has. feels like a year and six, seven months have passed, almost a year and a okay, half. No. So I'm looking here. Okay. The, we were wrong. Fact check. The <laughs> the trailer and episode one, episode one came out January 18th, 2020. Okay. So- Couple weeks almost. Off. So almost a couple, two a couple years. weeks will be our two-year point. So we, this is our podcast. Though we started recording this because we were like, we like to talk about real estate like incessantly, um, and so we decided to uh, put it onto well, tape. You guys, no. well, no, what happened was is you guys, you, Catherine and Kayla were in the office saying we should make a podcast while we sit around, sit here and talk about real estate stuff since we're sitting here in the office we might as well do a podcast might as well record it in my opinion it's so that we can talk through strategies and do even better at what we do right and so Catherine said well you set that up for me and I bought a little recorder and it didn't sound very good and I said let me get involved in this (laughs) and And they took over the whole thing (laughs) I, I built a studio and then this is how this happened. And then you were like, I'm gonna renovate this guest house and turn this into no actually I guess that is kind of you did that. So we talked about doing this for like six months. Right. Yeah, because we had the photos taken in like the summer prior. Yes. And then the, and I bought I bought the domain name when we were in South Carolina on right. vacation yeah. in June of 2019. Right. And then- um, I had to finish the guest house before you we finished the, the studio. And then we finally were like, well, we better do this. And we were all gung-ho. We were like, we're going to talk about Fizbo's and we're going to start a new plan for Fizbo's and we're going to record the podcast all about it in <laughs> the pandemic hit. So anyways- 
we've been enjoying recording ourselves <laughs> and I hope you have too. It does. I think that it helps to talk through things and like just think about stuff and ways to do better. Yeah. And it's good to it's good to have like an idea and a concept and then and you're right to, to talk to to say it all out loud and listen to the episodes from a year or two ago. I know I do. Oh, do you go back and listen? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't because I don't like to listen to myself talk. But it's it's good to like to think through all the things that we do. And then we we do like the reason it's called Seeking the Best is because we like to seek out the best in ourselves. And we're always talking about like, what could we have done differently here? What could we make better here? And so that's really the whole theme behind the podcast is yeah. like better ways to improve our business. And, and that's how we are just in life in general. And as an artist, that's how I've done everything is as soon as something is finished, it's how do you make the next one better? Yeah. And it's not a cut or a slam on the one you just did. It's how do you make the next one better? And I think saying those things out loud and talking, speaking like that, um, for the rest of the team and and who and just for other people in general, it's like it's like there. And I think Kayla's probably have has has learned along the way too that um, nothing is ever good enough. <laughs> well, but I'm never. But yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I'm sure the first time you're when you were just getting to know Catherine and stuff, you're like, how do I, I can't make this woman happy. <laughs> but the reality is, is that she what and I'm sure you've learned through this podcast and just in general, real estate makes you mad. Well, <laughs> that, yeah, that's true too. But, um, thanks for me th- that when suggestions on doing things better or improving things is never a knock on, what was done yeah it's just like kind of like a philosophy of life of 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 always be critiquing and always be improving yeah and stuff but i think people especially in a changing people, shifting people, market well that's industry. true too and and as the business changes and shifts and and the construct of it of the team changes and shifts that there's but if you don't have those conversations this podcast is a great way that we can have those conversations if you don't have those conversations then they don't happen and and feelings can get hurt and things can because you're not you're not discussing those things out in the open and stuff so it's all it's and and i also think getting um your ideas that are up in your head Catherine, that you've probably been thinking about and then having a platform to be able to get them from your head to your mouth out into somebody else's ears the more often you do that the easier that system is to do that that and the more opt you are to execute it as well. That's true too. Yes. I said it. Do what I say I'm gonna do in the time I say I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so that's our podcast. That's what you're listening to. And I'm your host, Catherine Stelgis, realtor extraordinaire. <laughs> no. She called herself extraordinaire. Can, I get to do it too. You said you're not allowed to call yourself that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on. Uh, across from me is my director of operations, Kayla Boundy. Extraordinaire. Hello. <laughs> and truly our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire. Yes. Patrick Fatika. Hello. You can call me visionary. He's a visionary. <laughs> and he the executor. Yeah, I know. It's both. He, you know what's true though is that he is a bit of both, like in personality mm-hmm. assessments. Um, so she's made she's made me take all kinds of tests. I know. Here. I'm like, how can I work you into <laughs> me- this? <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to SWOT analysis because we're nerds and we're talking about 
SWOT analysis and SWOT analyses. <laughs> analyses. Um, did you know that's the plural of analysis? It's such a weird thing. Yeah. To say Don't analyses. So, anyways, um, I have done these before, and I know that's a nerdy thing to think about, but it helps you to like evaluate yourself. And so we were talking about visionaries and like, you don't have to have a vision that's like, I'm going to sell real estate on, on Mars or anything like that. But your vision for whatever your business is, whatever your future is, how are you going to get there? And once you sort of have that in place and you can clearly see what you want to happen and then you work things backwards to see like how you're going to get there, then you have to be like on a smaller scale what is the vision for this year and how are we going to get there? And I think a SWOT analysis helps you kind of identify what things um, you can improve and then also what could get in your way or what are those trends the, that you can tap into. Yeah, that's that's the important part. That's the important part, yeah. And, then, um, and, obvious, well, and then the obviously, too. obviously there's only uh, so much of that that you can do because nobody would have predicted a global pandemic as something that got your way. Of the Simpsons did. The, Sim- the Simpsons did? Well, the Simpsons has been on for 40 years. They've predicted everything <laughs> at some point. You just throw yeah. you just throw out that many episodes. Yeah. You're bound to like hit a couple <laughs> hit things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so like for the first thing you would do in a SWOT analysis is go over your strengths. And I think what this helps you do is really evaluate like what are you doing well today that you you feel like you've kind of figured out or mastered like here's what I've got going for me and what what is like it, you almost could say this is your part of partly your unique value proposition like why would somebody want to hire me like what do I do really well and then write that down and then what are your weaknesses and what these might be things that you need to improve this year and is that your W yeah okay. weakness W is for weakness okay weaknesses W E keeping track um. And weaknesses, like I, you know, again, those can be all kinds of things. I'm trying to think of a good example, like sticking to um, the scripts for like um, tie downs or objection handlers. Yeah, and, or it could even be procrastination. Yep, yeah, it could me. be your per your personal, like it could be your personal weaknesses, but it also could be things like, are you missing some sort of resource? Mm-hmm. So. Weakness of like data or uh, file keeping. Well, right. Like, or like, do you have a database? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a database, then that's a weakness because that's a, that's a missed area of opportunity. Right. Um, so what are you missing that other businesses like yours have? That could be a weakness. Um, what's your competition doing better than you? So I used to do this and I don't do it anymore because I don't know that it really was a valuable use of time, but I used to like look at, because I was very specific on where I wanted to work and do well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be like a specialist in certain areas that I would look at who else was doing business in those areas and like, what were they doing to get business as far as I could tell. Right. Um, and that you could kind of, if, if there is that in your, if you're specific to a certain area and you've got competition that you can really identify which sometimes that's hard in real estate, which is why I said I don't know if it's like a valuable use of time because when you've got like twenty thousand competitors, yeah. and if and even if you can, they're in the bit you're in the business for three years trying to identify that, and the person that you want to be that that you're considering your competition has uh, been in the business for twenty three years and lives in that neighborhood. Well, right. It's like okay, well, 
Good luck to you. That's what I mean. Like, so I don't know that it's like a a great use of time, but because competition in this business is is weird. Yeah. But if there is a specific competitor that you can identify, then you might want to know what they're doing better than you, and where your weaknesses are there. Yeah. Um. So, I think other weaknesses could be like. You see how I'm coming up with more weaknesses than strengths. That's what I do best. Uh, but other weaknesses could be like um, maybe you don't have a budget. You don't keep track of your money. That would be a weakness. Um, so stuff like that. Like really. You get a check. You put it in the bank. And yeah, I think I'm going to run some ads this week. And that's kind of how you run your business. Then that's a weakness. Well, and yes. So one of the things. I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole. Cute. Mr. Rabbit, wait! Okay, I was saying to Pat the other day, um, I know what our numbers are, like pretty clearly. And what that allows me to do, so I guess this is more of a strength, but at one point in my career could have been a weakness. And maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely a weakness for me. If you know your numbers really well and you know what your profit margin in is, then every time you take a, a listing um, and somebody asks you to reduce your commission, you can look at the dollar amount and say, well, I know that of that check, I actually make this percentage because that's my profit margin. Then take out the taxes because the taxes come out after that happens. Mm-hmm. There are a lot. Right. <laughs> I'm very bitter this week now. <laughs> um, so, and then take out the taxes and then see what like the true check is. Right. And then you can really you evaluate. Think, and then think about how much you're worth an hour. You should have already figured that out. Right. It, so and, point being, if you know your numbers, mm-hmm. then when somebody asks you to reduce your commission, it's really easy for you to decide whether or not you are willing to do that. Yeah. And, and you've even said that people who have said, can you do this or that? You go, I know my numbers. Yes. I can't. So I, I, right. There, like, and there was one time this guy, and this is a little bit different, but this guy had asked me to reduce. So we have a cancellation fee. Um, and most listing agreements have some sort of cancellation fee. And I know a lot of people just put zero. And I think that that is not smart because I, some people would argue like, well, if you're doing a good job, then, you know, they are not going to cancel on Sometimes you. Sometimes there's things that just happen that you can't control. So that's right. But I I believe that this is a business and you run it like a business. Just like if you were to go hire an attorney and they and they you sign a um, retainer and they don't like win the case for you or you decide you want to go hire a different attorney. Guess what? You still paid that person the retainer fee and whatever hours they were worth. You're running a business. You're gonna do a bunch of upfront work and you're gonna pay for things. And if they change their mind um, after a couple weeks and decide, you know what? We decided we're just gonna stay put. Well, you've spent all that money. Why would that be fair for you not to get compensated? Yeah. And and because they've now wasted your time. Know your worth, yeah. people. It's so it's so annoying. So, but my point oh, was the I, guy. I'll do it for I'll do it for less too. The guy asked me if I could eliminate it because other agents he was interviewing were not putting they they didn't have a cancellation fee, and so I said to him, "Well, you know what? They obviously don't know." what they're spending up front and I know my numbers and I know what it costs in time and dollars to put a listing live and all of that expense that goes into it. If you change your mind after a couple of weeks, which I question that you might, cause you're asking me about this. Right. Um, 
then I need to be able to recoup what we've invested. Now, I won't get paid for my time, but I'm going to at least make back enough to for whatever yeah. photos, no ads, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, um, and I got that listing. Yeah. And I don't know that that was the reason, but the point is, is that I didn't have to like flinch. I just was like, no, because I know my numbers and I know that that's not a reasonable request for a business transaction. Yeah. And anyways, point being they that- canceled. no 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 we sold that listing i'll tell you who it is after we're done um but so that is a i believe for myself going forward and sometimes i make mistakes on on choosing to take a lower listing and then regret it immediately um but for the most part i think that's a strength and an asset now but in the past before i kept really good track of everything um it was weakness because it meant that i wasn't probably as profitable as i could have been because I wasn't paying attention. I was just like, whatever, you just get a sign in the yard, you know? And so I think you just know, yeah, know your worth and know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And that could be something to consider in the new year. Um, and then you've got opportunities. These are the the trends we were talking about. Like, what are the trends in the market? What's happening? So we were talking about the pre-foreclosure or retirement market, or if there's a big industry starting in the area, like those are opportunities for you to do more business than you would have before by figuring out how to capitalize on that. Um, emerging, emerging markets is like what right. that is called. And right? that's, that's O. Oh, that's or an op- SWAT. It's not opportunity. S- no, I know, but you say SWAT, and if you've never heard it before, you think the SWAT. Oh, oh yes, no, S W O T. Yes, not SWAT as in the, SWAT, the SWAT team. SWAT team. SWAT patrol. SWAT patrol. Paw patrol. <laughs> um. So and then so this is where you could get even deeper into it. Like, how can you innovate a little bit in your business to be to be to stand out amongst the competition? And so. I, I can't think of an example on a small scale or maybe I have and I don't want to tell you because nah. it's a secret, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like trying to be a little bit innovative on a smaller scale to be better than the competition. What is an area that your market would need or want? Like what's something that would be helpful to them that if you could get that across in your marketing mm-hmm. that you could do more business in that arena. Um, and then threats. These are the the things that could basically get in the way of your success, I think is a good way to put that. And of course, this could be personal too, like I'm terrible at time blocking. <laughs> um, but I think on a bigger scale, thinking about vision, it's more about like what's happening in the world that could get in the way. So yes, no one would have predicted that 2020 would have brought a pandemic. I don't think anyone would have predicted that we would still be dealing with it in 2022 either. So you can't predict everything, but there are trends that you can see that are that are threats to our business. Right. So it's like market shift. Yeah. Like if you are noticing in your area that there's more listings and less buyers and the days on market is getting longer, that is an indicator that the market is shifting. The days on market getting longer. Um, so keeping your eye on those things and what are you, what are you seeing in those? Um, rising interest rates will almost definitely shift a market. So paying attention to um, what what's happening in the mortgage world. So an, is so an example too. is is that if you're dedicating all of your time to because it's a buyer's market to buyers and you're seeing and you're not paying attention to threats and the market shifts out from underneath you and you didn't start planning and shifting your marketing towards sellers or whatever instead. Then that threat is going to is going to 
beat you down. But so being aware of of those potential threats and keeping your eye on those things to be able to shift your business when necessary to avoid those threats. Yeah, because what you do shows up in 90 days. You got to start shifting. And sometimes even more. Yeah. Well, and so then there's also like, so you have... um, like local threats and internal threats, but then the external are like those bigger economy things. So like if you do have competition, like if you're really big in farming and you do have competition, paying attention to what they're doing mm-hmm. because that is a threat to your business in that area. And then um, also we talked about the visionary companies and like doing things differently. I do not think that people... If we go back, I know I didn't, I can admit this. Like I didn't imagine that the iBuying would take up so much market share. Like I I didn't think that that was, I can see the benefit, but to me, like. I wonder if it was a perfect storm of that happening right when the market was doing what the market was doing, right when the iBuyer thing took off and right during a global pandemic, that that perfect storm create made that market share of iBuyers go up way more than it would have if people weren't afraid they were going to get a disease and die if somebody came into their house. Potentially, but I think that there was already, that was already like happening before the pandemic. It was, but I just think maybe it was a instigator or, or a, uh, like a little, a little gasoline on the fire. Yeah, I'd agree. But so, okay, what is the next Thing. Like, what's what the next? Is the next thing we're not telling you. <laughs> but let me go. Let me talk about Open Door again. <sighs> Full circle. <laughs> so, Open Door, they are a threat to your business. So, like for example, I called somebody today that was uh, a lead that had come through. I haven't been able to get the person on the phone for probably, probably like four or five months. But they were a lead. And so I followed up, you know, emailed, called, whatever. And finally, the guy answered today. And I was like all excited for a moment. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy answered the phone. And he still owns the house. It's still in his name. Maybe he wants to sell. I'm excited. It's the first day <laughs> of the new year. And he's like, well, actually, we already have it under contract. Yeah, we put we we decided to go with Open Door. And I was like, darn it. And then so I just said, I'm just curious, like, because I'm curious. I'm just curious, like, why did you decide to go with Open Door? Well, because we're building a house and so it provided the flexibility to choose the closing date, blah, blah, blah. Now, you and me and Kayla, you probably all, we're all we sitting all in this room. Yeah. That, that's a, anybody could have listed your house and given you that flexibility. To yeah. some degree. In this market. In this yeah. market, we yeah. could have figured it that's out. That's why they could do it. Yeah. Now, but he also said they gave us a pretty good price. So... Anyways, my point of all of this is um, then I hung up on him. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. Screw you. Click. <laughs> no, I wished him well. And he was moving to North Carolina. So I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. Um, but no, but it is a threat to your business when a big company can come in and take such big market share to your industry. Yeah. Like you don't think about it on a small scale because you're like, oh, whatever, you know, I focus on my sphere and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, they people in the industry have been talking about this for a while is that you should care and you should actually be bringing this to people's attention before they even think about it because they will think about it, but you'd rather be having the conversation with them, right? being the director and guide for them way before they even have the need to sell. So, um, so again, this is just one example 
what's the next big thing though that could get in your way of succeeding or get in between you and the people that you already know that you expect will do business with you. So if you expect to do, I'm just making up numbers, like I expect to do 50 pieces of sphere or past client business this year because that's the percentage that I'm used to doing. Well, what if 10% or 15% of that was taken away from a big competitor like like that advertises on a huge scale that you yeah, can't what compete happen, with? What happens if if there's something that's like Open Door where they've just got tons of money and tons of capital and tons of everything and they say, we can come in and list your house for half the price or and, and you can move out whenever you want and whatever that you just can't compete with. What do you do? Well, yeah. I'm asking, what do you do? Charm them with your smile and well, wit. Well, the, isn't, people isn't, would say- the, Isn't the goal is to make sure that those relationships yes. are to a point where it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So that's one thing you could do. Yes. Now, what does that entail? Because um, I do feel like there there were moments this year where I was basically competing with, with Open Door for my own business. Right. And- like of course we won and we made them more money. Yeah. And I know for a fact that we did by a lot. And we also were able to get them the same exact scenario where they weren't extra stressed. They did like we got them into their new home, no problem. So you have to then I think you have to share those stories with people. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that and, and, and I also if you have this is just an idea I just thought of, but so you had a situation where, where like what you just described, this could be something. If that's a normal seller that you have, and you ha- and you had a great experience, and everything went the way that it was supposed to go, and it was a weird situation. You get somebody else who's kind of in that same boat. Put them in contact with that person, or yeah. have have the person, the first buyer the, or the first seller, call the new one. And say, I want you to call them and tell them how, how your experience went. Let them ask you any questions. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know what they don't know. So like in this particular, the example I just gave, I didn't know that guy. He was just a random lead. So it, if I could have gotten him on the phone sooner, um, I could have illustrated our value and perhaps gotten his listing. But you don't have control over over that. You know, you can only control what you can control. And like he didn't answer the phone. So what are you going to do? Um, could I have tried more? Probably. <laughs> Just being honest. I could have probably called more. Double tap. Double tap that phone. <laughs> but the point is that the one thing that you do have control over are the people that you already know. Because you, when you call, they do answer. And you can call them more frequently and you can put emails in their box and just tell them about what's going on in the industry um, so that you're ahead of that, whatever that next thing is. Mm -hmm. Like just making sure that those people are really tight. Those are tight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. When you want to take a break? Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's take a break. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. (laughs) 
but I, I do. I was, I was kind of losing my train of thought there, but just, and again, people who, um, are visionaries in the industry, like I forget his name. What is that guy's name? He's a good speaker in Keller Williams. What is his name? No, I don't know. Um, whatever. I'm just a lot of good speakers. (laughs) I forget his name. So, but anyways, he's this really good speaker in Keller Williams that I've heard many times talk about this, like beating it into our brains over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So he already saw this future of these companies and Gary Keller has already seen this future of companies getting in the way of your database. And here they are getting in the way of our database. Cody Gibson. No, sorry. I still stuck (laughs) on it. Okay. Continue. And, um, so they already saw this future and predicted it and tried to educate the agents within their company and we still didn't listen. No, um, but that's just something that I work on every year is getting better and better about keeping those tight relationships and making sure those people are part of the inner circle. Right. And oh, so and I woke up always, this morning. Always in conversation with them. Yeah. And, and sometimes you do like lose some people, they start to fade out. That's going to happen. The object is to to get that many, is to get three times that number of people that drop off as new people that year, right? So you'll lose a few people will drop off. They'll move away, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So-and-so's brother became an agent, you know, whatever it happens to be. But the idea is is that you're, for the every three that you lose, you gain another 10. You're swatting for fallout. (laughs) So... This morning I woke up and all day long I've just been going through contacts and trying to clean up, clean up a database, you know, like going through um, older leads that haven't answered their phone. Like it's the new year. Mm-hmm. Like people, if people are going to start thinking about things, it's today. And I already had somebody reach out and say like, hey, I'm ready. I want to buy a house this year. And it's, it's like, that's going to start to happen. So take advantage of this opportunity to call people up and say, happy new year. Do you have any real estate plans this year? Do it. Do it. <laughs> What's next? Coming soon to a theater near you. Should I watch that? Kayla's favorite. I know. She gets new movies to to come go home and watch. They're not bad. I know they're not. So um, you guys know how to play this. I give you a movie and you try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Okay. Are we doing Adam Sandler yet? <laughs> Didn't we do, did we do an Adam Sandler one just no. for Kayla? No. We, did, you we did? did a Bruce Willis. We've, we've had some. Oh, okay. There was a couple that were. Kayla centric. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is a new year. We're gonna wipe the ledger clean. No, I ev- was winning. We are at zero. Now's my time. Zero. This so is my year. Twenty twenty two. This, this is, is your year. Zero. Okay. Let's do it. New York City will have enormous glass skyscrapers, at least eighty stories high, connected by massive midair walkways. Subways would no longer exist. Moving sidewalks would be ubiquitous, and automated labor would mean people would only have to work a few hours a day. No man will be without his own airplane, an electric automobile, with plenty of opportunity to enjoy them, and anti-gravity shields would prevent aircrafts from crashing. 
These were predictions from 1922, 100 years ago, of what humanity could expect in the year 2022. <laughs> Looking 100 years into the future from now, citizens will have access to special clinics in which their biological brains can literally be discarded in favor of artificial ones. Rather than simply simply duplicating a mind, the, the machine physically shifts the consciousness like a sponge soaking up water. The brain is gradually replaced piece by piece, so the original personality remains intact during the transition. This vital aspect of the procedure assuages the fear which many have of losing their identity. For the wealthiest individuals, entire new bodies can be grown, into which synthetic brains can be transplanted. These bodies may themselves be artificial, with options for partially cyborg or fully robotic replacements. Externally, they are often indistinguishable from real human bodies, but include many high-tech add-ons and internal features, boosting physical and mental abilities. Not everyone is opting for these types of treatments, however. A significant percentage view them with extreme suspicion, as though somehow immoral and dehumanizing. With each passing year, society is becoming increasingly fractured, with an ever-widening divide between those who seek to enhance themselves and those who prefer to eschew such technology. Also predicted in 21-22 are robot Olympics, ion engines for spaceflight, stomach chips for weight loss, brain chips to absorb info while you sleep, and, last, and the last gas-powered car will come off the assembly line. Personal health pods, terraforming Mars is underway, with moon settlements being built. Today's theme is the future, and these movies will go in order of time. Okay. Okay. This is so fun. scary. <laughs> this like the, that was a great example of personality. Right. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, set in 2028, James Cole, Bruce Willis, <laughs> is recruited for a mission that will send him back to the 1990s. Once there, he's he's supposed to gather information about a plague that's about to exterminate the vast majority of the world's population. But aside from the manic Jeffrey played by Brad Pitt, he gets little in the way of cooperation, not least from medical gatekeepers like Dr. Catherine Rayleigh played by Madeline Stowe. What is the tomato meter score for Terry Gilliam's 1995 film, 12 monkeys? Have you seen this one? Yes. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to say 92%. 86. The tomato meter score is 89. Ooh. Wait, math That's that. Kayla. Yes. 86, 87, 89. Right? 89, mm-hmm. nine, no. I think it's a I tie. I think it's a tie. Oh, it's a tie. You guys tied. We tied. That's not fun. So you cancel each other out. So zero points for both of you. Zero points. <laughs> we did good. High five. <laughs> Very good movie if you guys out Great there have I feel like that. we watched that not that long ago, like it was on TV one day. We, and we I was like, still hold we, we It might have been, let me watch a part of it. I know we started to watch that series, watched like a season oh, of that yes. series. Oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was um, 2028. So this is- That was supposed to be 2028? The future part. Yeah. Remember, you went back into the 90s, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is 2054. Said in 2054, police utilize a psychic te- technology to arrest and convict murderers before they commit their crime. Chief Paul Anderson, played by Tom Cruise, the head of this pre-crime unit, is accused of the future murder of a man he hasn't ever met. What is the tomato meter score for Steven Spielberg's 2002 film, Minority Report? Okay, got it. Um, I watched that when I was younger. <laughs> I was you should go back. And, you, you're probably older now. You should probably go back and watch it again. 
Um, so while Kayla is thinking of her answer, let me just tell you what the scariest thing to watch is like these fake Tom Cruise things. What are they called? Uh, the deep fakes. The deep fakes of Tom Cruise. Super creepy that that Tom Cruise that scares te- me, period. That that technology exists. Yeah. Um, anyways. I got my number. Okay, right. you go first. 63. Okay, no. Um, 88. The tomato meter score is... 90. Ooh, wow. I'm close. I almost said 90. Good movie. Uh, Precogs. Precogs. Good movie. Good movie. Okay. Okay. Cost of Good Souls? (laughs) Is it pre? Precogs? Pre Cost of Good Souls? (laughs) What are those? Huh? Break evens? (laughs) Oh, break evens? Those are fun. Okay, sorry. Set 100 years from now in 2122, the crew of the commercial starship Nostromo is awakened from their cryosleep capsules halfway through their journey home to investigate a distress call from an alien vessel. The terror begins when the crew encounters a nest of eggs inside an alien ship. An organism from inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself to one of the crew, causing him to fall into a coma. What is the tomato meter score for the 1979 Ridley Scott film Alien? Come on. Have you seen this one? Yeah. Okay. The first one, not the one with Bill Paxton. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 94%. I was going to say 96. (laughs) Are you saying 96? Yes. Okay. 96. I'm going to stick with it. 98%. 98%. Yeah. I almost went higher, but you know, you don't know. Like over time, yeah. people get in there and mess gets, with That me. one gets better and better. <laughs> I watched not that long ago after we've moved into this house, I think. Mm, yeah. I watched, I started with that one. I worked my way all the way up through the, the one that came out with uh, like the- Michael Fassbender? Yeah. Well, Was yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple not Pro, the one after Prometheus, the mm. alien mm-hmm. one with, what's his name? I don't know. Was yeah. it Sagona Weaver in one of them? She's in the first three, four. Those are the ones that I've seen. I haven't seen if there's one after her. Prometheus is like That's kind cute. of like a pre, like a prequel type movie, and then there was the Alien one that came out. We saw Prometheus in the theater in like three D. Three D. Thank you. That was insane. with my brain. Speaking of like just sci fi and stuff, what was that show we watched that was really good? Not that long ago with the girl that was like an amazing actress. Oh, what? I need more than that, sweetie. Oh, she she like gets pregnant. She's a oh, an alien. Uh, cry of wolves? Or not an alien. She's a cry, cry of wolves. On HBO? Yeah. She's yeah. not an alien. What is yeah. she? She's like, she's a, like a robot. Robot, yeah. yeah. But she gets pregnant. Anyways, it's a good show. That's Rid- <laughs> that's Ridley Scott too. But that's what, why I thought of it. Yeah. I don't know if that's the name of it. It's something like it. It's wolves something. Cry of, I, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like sci-fi. Next... Set in the year 2263, a New York City cabbie, Corbin Dallas, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lee Lu falls into his cab. Together with Father Vito Cornelius and zany broadcaster Ruby Road, Dallas must race against time and the wicked wicked industrial Zorg to save humanity. What is the tomato meter score for the 1997 movie The Fifth Element? Kayla? I don't think I've seen this one. You this is Bruce this? Willis. I don't know. How can this you is not? Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, uh, Mia Jovovich, Chris Tucker. <laughs> okay. I can't recall. I'm going to go with, se- is it me first? Yeah. yeah, 78. I'm going to go with 84. The tomato meter score is 71. Wow. I almost went lower than that. I'm trying to recall it. I can't. It's insane. She's got the, Mia Jovovich has the bright red hair. I can look at Google stuff. now that we've said it. 
The um, show we were talking about was Raised by Wolves. Oh, Raised by Wolves. I wanted to look it up. I feel like yes. it was worth mentioning. I was close. Yeah. Cry of Wolves, Raised by Wolves. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kayla gets that point. Yeah, so Kayla's got two and and Catherine, you have one. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. AKA Kayla's winning. Yeah, because Kayla got the alien one. Oh, I've seen this. I've seen this. Ka- Kayla I remember got, that orange Kayla hair. got this one, uh-huh. Fifth Element. Uh-huh. She got alien. You got... Uh, minority report you guys tied on the first one right. so you have to get this one f- to Catherine for it to be a tie mm-hmm. if Kayla gets it she wins hit me okay. with your best shot average in every way private Joe Bowers played by Luke Wilson is selected to take part in a secret military experiment to put him in hibernation for a year for a year along with a woman named Rita played by Maya Rudolph the slumbering duo is forgotten when the base they are stored on is closed down and are left in stasis until 2505. When the f- when they finally wake up, they discover the average intelligence of humans has decreased so much that Joe is now the smartest man in the world. What is the tomato meter score for the 2006 Mike Judge film Idiocracy? I actually haven't seen this. I've seen this. It's very funny. It's Mike Judge. So yeah. it, it has that... Uh, it's like that Beavis and Butthead meets with that Silicon Valley kind of okay. thing. Okay. Um, very, very well, funny. I guess I'm just going to throw out a random guess since I've not seen it. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to go with 76%. 54. The tomato meter score is 74%. Ooh, did I get it on the... No, you didn't get it on the box. Duh. If you Almost got it, you would have won. And if you would have. You would have oh, won. Man. man, I was so close. So what happens now? Tiebreaker. Well, no, I don't have a tiebreaker. Because it. We just what are the chance? Why, why would I make a tiebreaker? What are the chances of you guys both getting? It's five questions. I know. Yeah, the chances true. of you both getting it just the same numbers off. Is, this sounds like a bunch of excuses. <laughs> can we arm wrestle? One of us yeah. has to walk out of here a winner. This is not fit with our no, we'll just do, next time. Next time, whoever wins next time wins this one. Well, no. <laughs> That's a load of crap. Whoever wins next time is that it gets one. Okay. I'm going to leave right. on the computer here. I'm going to leave your scores at zero, zero. Okay. This Fair practice. enough. Fair enough. Practice. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go watch movies. Small win. Anybody? Anybody? I'll go first. Okay. Um, yesterday I just felt like baking, and so I made some chocolate chip cookies. They were delicious. And you know, I think it's just why is it a small win? Because some sometimes you just got to kind of grab like a free moment and do something you enjoy, and yeah, that's you small win for me. And it was all all the ingredients were here. Uh huh. So. Yeah, that was that was why it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we would have gone to the store. <laughs> But anyway, small win. They're delicious. My Kayla. small win is I had Sean's 30th surprise party this Saturday. Right? Yeah, Saturday. And it was a surprise. He did not know one bit. And I started planning it October when I was in New York when we were at the Seneca Casino. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have a casino party for him. <laughs> and then I started planning it and it, so it's all much, done. How much money did you win? I didn't win anything. I lost a lot of things, but I didn't <laughs> win anything. <laughs> I was just kidding. Pat, what's your small win? And my small win is uh, Catherine and I decided to keep our house. Yes. Yay. We've made, well, 
We this have is a the big house win. that we we, house, we have several investment properties. Right. We moved into a new house this year, mm-hmm. which if you've been listening, you you know all about. And the one that we lived in, we bought was like ten years home. ago. It was our first home, and um, we did a lot of work to it, and we rented it because I wasn't ready to part with it then. And then I've been thinking this whole time, like I'm not sure if I want to. Right, so we crunched so the numbers this weekend and we really looked and then I said, I want to keep it. And I made the decision and she goes, okay, <laughs> instead of it. us going back and forth and back and forth and not knowing, we said, let's just do it. Let's just keep it. So we're going to keep our first home. Yay. Yes. I love it. Hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions, letters, and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com. You can even leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Send us a tweet at seekthebestpod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Adios. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.